Hey guys, welcome back to the Toxic Mom Podcast. So I have decided I need to break this podcast up into two more parts. So part two now, and then part three will be in about a week or so, because there's just a lot to talk about and things happen this month on May 6, 2021 that really has opened this case wide open. And so I need to really break it into three parts so everybody stays focused. Okay, so we have to talk about Lori Daybell and her new husband, Chad, and get into the disappearance of her children. Just as a refresher, Lori, we came to know in 2019 when her children, Tylee Ryan, and J.J. Vallow disappeared without a trace. Lori's been married five times. Two out of the five husbands are dead. Her third husband, whom is Tylee Ryan's biological father, allegedly died of natural causes. And her fourth husband, Charles Vallow, was shot and killed by her brother, Alex Cox, in the summer of 2019 in Arizona. Now, just to refresh your memory again, Charles Vallow filed for divorce from Lori very early in 2019 after he noticed his wife displaying some very odd, peculiar behavior that he was not comfortable with. If you remembered, I played some clips in the first podcast about this story where he went to the police on two separate occasions, probably more, but those were the only two that were recorded. And in one, he said he came home and his belongings were gone. Lori and the kids were gone and there was money missing out of their account. Another time he said that she felt people were taking over his body and that she needed to kill him. The word deity was thrown in there. So he was very concerned and he reached out for help And as we know, it was swept under the rug because when they interviewed Lori on one of those occasions about his accusations, they chucked it up as two people going through a divorce and they would eventually work out their differences. However, we know a few months later, Charles was dead. He had to have a premonition that something was going to happen because he started getting his ducks in line. He took Lori off of his life insurance policy and made his parents, Kay and Larry Woodcock, sole beneficiaries. And Lori did not know that because after he died, she went to collect and was told, sorry, you're not on here anymore. And he also told his attorney, his divorce attorney, that if anything were to happen to him, it was because Lori and her brother had him killed. Now, this is going to come up again in the third podcast when we talk about some other things. Her third husband also said something similar to what Charles said about his upcoming death, that he felt Lori and her brother were after him. So I'll talk about that in the third podcast because that comes up during, not during, but There were some interviews given after Charles, I mean, excuse me, after Chad Daybell had his preliminary hearing. So some more stuff, like I said, has come out. That's why I need to break it up into three. Okay, so let's talk about when Lori met Chad. 
speculation is they met sometime in 2018, possibly around the fall of 2018. According to her friend, Melanie Gibb, she was very entranced with his books. Chad Daybell is a married father of five. He lived with his wife, Tammy Daybell in Utah, and they are, um, they were high school sweethearts from what it sounds like. They've been married since 1990. They share five children. He was a devoted Mormon. People say they were a very happy, loving couple. They were very attentive to their children. He wrote quite a few books on some doomsday topics, end of the world. He didn't feel like the people walking around earth, humans were really who they were. He felt like he was reincarnated several times and there was a lot of demons and stuff. So he seemed like he lived with a black cloud over his head. He was also a member of the LDS church. I know a lot of people have very reserved opinions about that religious sector. I'm not going to go into it. I don't know much about it. I'm not here to bash anybody's religion or faith or what they pray to and what they don't pray to. But whenever I have heard this word come up, a lot of people have very negative feelings. And people that I know that know people also have negative feelings. So that's just kind of, you know, what we're dealing with here. Lori managed to get her husband, Charles, to convert to this religion a couple years prior to him dying. So that was interesting that I found out. Okay, so they met in 2018. She attended some conferences that he went to, some lectures when he was given some speeches about his books. And her friend Melanie also had a podcast and Chad appeared on the podcast a couple of times. And Melanie says that it became, at first it was a very deep spiritual connection between her and Chad. It didn't turn into love till a few months later. And neither one of them could really act on that because again, he's been married and he's a devoted Mormon. And she was still married to Charles, but we know things on that end were dwindling. Not saying that she was doing things on purpose, but seems around the time that she really started reading his books, things started to get out of control. Unknown if Charles knew that there was another man she was interested in. She did disappear one time for 58 days. He had no idea where she went. She left the kids, Tylee and JJ, with family and friends. That's another thing. I'm not sure if the Arizona Police Department was notified about that. I mean, you're an adult, you can do what you want, but when you have kids that are minors, you're sort of not able to do what you want. So did they question her about that or what? Don't know. I'll look into that for you. So let's jump to 2019. So her and Chad have met. She likes his books. They're talking on the computer, most likely talking on the phone secretively. And he's appearing on podcasts, so there's obviously some physical interaction here. After that, let's go ahead and jump to July of 2019. So this is where this timeline starts to get very, very twisted and convoluted. So we'll start at July of 2019 when Charles goes over to pick up JJ. He goes over, he's going to get JJ who is his adopted son. It's his biological nephew that him and Lori adopted. And he's met there with Alex, her brother, and 
when some sort of kerfuffle breaks out, according to Alex, because Alex was the only person really interviewed about this because he's the one that shot him. He said he killed him in self-defense. Lori was not home at the time, but she was around. And Tylee and JJ were actually both at the residence when this occurred. I don't know if you saw after he's killed, the police interview her and she's on body camera, Lori that is, very relaxed, calm. And I'm not the type of person that says you need to be crying and wailing and screaming because somebody you know just got killed. Everybody grieves in a different way. There's people that cry, there's people that don't cry. You know, so sometimes I think people jump the gun saying, oh, well, he or she wasn't showing a lot of emotion. That was a red flag. I don't really look at things like that. Not everybody, again, reacts the same way somebody else does. However, she is very relaxed. She has a smile on her face. And after his body is removed from the home, she has a pool party that night. And according to neighbors, there is a lot of loud music playing and everybody is in a very good mood. And this is right after her estranged husband is shot and killed. And then off to the bank she tries to go to to collect and, huh, sorry, there's no money for you. So what does she do? In August of 2019, she donates JJ's service dog. If you remember from the first podcast, JJ is autistic and he's very outgoing and has a very lively personality. According to Lori's friends and family, he was a lot to handle. However, she was very patient and calm towards him, as was Tylee. Tylee was like his second mom, according to family and friends. Her and Charles were very good with JJ, from what people said. So JJ had a service dog, and she gives the service dog away. She donates the service dog and says he doesn't need it anymore. And then after that, she packs up. And she moves to Rexburg, Idaho. I think I said Utah at first. Chad Daybell lives in Idaho, not Utah. My apologies. So she packs her family up and she moves to Idaho. Tylee, JJ, Alex, and her niece, Melanie Bordeaux, move to Idaho. Melanie Bordeaux is going to come up again. There's two Melanies in this. It's Melanie Gibb, who is Lori's friend. And Melanie Bordeaux is her niece. Melanie Bordeaux is going to come up somewhere at the end of this podcast. She's really not relevant. However, there was an incident that was a red flag with her husband. Her husband, whom she filed for divorce from before she went to live with her, her aunt, said that he was attacked by someone driving a Jeep that was registered to Charles Vallow after he died. So some odd, bizarre things are starting to happen. That's why I said this timeline gets very convoluted. Okay, so they all move to Rexburg, Idaho, and Lori rents a townhome. Chad is still married. And from what it sounds like, there are no divorce proceedings filed. Nothing is started. And so that's that. Okay, so... On September 3rd, Lori enrolls JJ into school, Kennedy Elementary School, and the teachers fall in love with him. They said he's very sweet, endearing, lively little boy. 
There's no records of Tylee being registered in school. I think around this time, she probably was entering her senior year. She was 17 or possibly 11th grade, depending on where her birthday is. And, but there's no records. So JJ starts school. And then there's a family trip on September 8th to Yellowstone National Park. Lori, Tylee, JJ, and Alex visit Yellowstone National Park. And there's pictures that have been released on social media. And it looks like everybody's having a good time. That is the last time Tylee Ryan is seen or heard from. So let's jump to September 23rd, 2019. JJ is in school and that's the last time anybody heard from him was September 23rd. There was ring footage of him playing on the front lawn with the neighbor's son. And again, he went to school that day and that's the last time anybody seen or heard from JJ. Naturally, people that are used to hearing from the children start to get concerned. The first person or persons that are red flagged are JJ's biological grandparents, which were Charles Vallow's parents, contact the police department and said they haven't heard from their grandson in many months and they want a welfare check done. Okay, so the police go out and unfortunately now this is about a month later because this is not until November 26th that the Rexburg Police Department knock on Lori's door to do a welfare check at the order of his biological grandparents. And when they get there, they asked her where JJ was and she said, oh, he's with my friend Melanie Gibb in Arizona. You know, I sent him there. He's with her. Okay. So they check it out. They're not satisfied. So they come back the next day, November 27, 2019, with a search warrant. They come with dogs, the whole nine yards. And to their surprise, Lori and her brother, Alex, have vanished into thin air, along with Chad. Chad is now in the picture. We'll go back a little bit because... As of November 26, Chad and Lori are a married couple, but we're gonna go back. So we have JJ last seen September 23rd, 2019. We have Tylee last seen September 8th. And now let's go back into October of 2019. There were some text messages sent from Tylee's phone to her brother Colby. Remember she has an older brother Colby from Lori's second marriage. And also one of her friends got a text message in October, very sporadic, random. The one friend of hers that didn't sound like Tylee. I think a lot of people are used to how someone texts them, their habits and their wording. So something red flagged her. Her oldest brother as well tried to get in contact with her and she was sending text messages saying she was busy, she loved him, but she couldn't talk right now. There was also some Vimo payments sent from him from her cell phone or her account, but he was concerned that something wasn't right. Not sure if he thought, you know, that she vanished, but he knew something was off. So that's in October. 
Also in October, Tammy Daybell, who is Chad Daybell's wife, on October 9th called 911 and said a masked man shot at her in her driveway with a paintball gun. She also posted this experience on Facebook, saying she had no idea who the person was, but thought it was weird. Ten days later, on October 22nd, Chad Daybell calls 911 and says that his wife Tammy died in her sleep. She apparently had a cough the night before, and she never woke up. They arrive at his house. They take his word for it, and there's no autopsy performed on his wife's body. Hmm. A seemingly healthy woman all of a sudden dies in her sleep, and there's no autopsy done? I'd like to know where this medical examiner got his credentials, but I digress. Okay. So, after his wife is dead and buried, him and Lori get married on November 5th in Hawaii. And then after their ceremony, a few days later, they return back. And this is when all hell starts to break loose. Because on November 26th, Chad was at the home when the police came to look for JJ. And this is around the time that they also discovered that her daughter was also missing. So they didn't even know her daughter was missing until Lori, or, or excuse me, until Larry and Karen Woodcock contact them and say, hey, my grandson's not been around. And this is when they realize something is not right. And unfortunately, when they came back the second time, everybody disappeared. On December 1st, 2019, Chad and Lori catch an American Airlines flight to Hawaii. So where were they from November 27th to December 1st? Perhaps they were in Arizona with Alex Cox, her brother. Nobody knows where they went. I want to also point out, after he got married to Lori, her family was caught completely off guard because they had never seen or heard of this woman ever. This was a new person to them. Lori was a brand new person to them. Nobody ever mentioned her. Tammy never said anything. The children never said anything. Chad never said anything. So he buries his wife. And then less than a month later, he marries Lori. And they fly off to Hawaii. They come back. They disappear for a few days. And then they're back in Hawaii. On December 6th, Melanie Gibb, her friend contacts the Rexburg Police Department and says, you know, I need to come clean. On November 26th, I got a phone call from my friend Lori and her husband to ask me to lie for them that JJ was with me. I apologize. I did lie, but he was never with me. And I highly suspect that the police 
did not believe that either. However, they really had no evidence to go on to really confront her because they had no idea where JJ was, nor did they even know Tylee was missing. So all of this is now coming in full circle. So let's quickly go back. September, both kids disappear. October, Tammy Daybell dies. November, they get married. And also in November, the police come and do a welfare check on JJ and discover that JJ and Tylee are both missing. So I hope you guys got all of that because I said this timeline is heavy and convoluted and it only gets even worse. Okay, so we're still in December 2019. Lots of moving parts here. Let's jump to December 11th. Tammy Daybell's body is exhumed by the Fremont County Sheriff's Office after they label her death suspicious. They perform an autopsy in Utah and they bury her, lay her back to rest, but the family nor were the public made aware of the results. The next day, something very nefarious happens out in Arizona. Who do you think came down with something. Maybe that cough traveled from uh, Utah to Arizona because Alex Cox, Lori's brother, is found dead in his home. Hmm. They do an autopsy and they reveal he died of a blood clot or natural causes. That's interesting. That's the same thing that her third husband died from, natural causes. Fourth husband, we know, was shot and killed by him. Lots of people dropping like flies around Chad and Lori, and we still have two missing children that are unaccounted for. On December 20th, they finally announced that JJ and Tylee are missing. However, they link their disappearance to the suspicious death of Tammy Daybell. So they know how Tammy died, but again, they haven't released that information. On December 23rd, the attorneys representing the Daybells come out and make a release and say, everything right now is rumor and speculation. Both Chad and Lori are very devoted, loving parents. On December 30 of 2019, the Rexburg Police Department issue a statement stating that they know that Lori knows the whereabouts of her children or the location of them, meaning she knows what happened to them. And that concludes 2019 with the Daybells. So we have three dead spouses, one dead brother, and two missing kids. Let's move into 2020. January 3rd, 2020, they search Chad Daybell's home they recover 43 items, including computers, cell phones, journals, documents, and medications. They send that off to the FBI for analysis. Larry and Kay Woodcock then also announced that there's a $20,000 reward for the recovery of the children. January 10th, Chad Daybell's brother, Matt, pleads for him to cooperate with the investigators. And he also states they are concerned because of Chad's religious beliefs that they think have clouded his judgment. January 25th, 
2020. Yes, Lori and Chad are still in Hawaii. The Kauai Police Department serves Lori with a notice stating that she must produce JJ and Tylee to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare or the Rexburg Police Department within five days. And this is around the time that you start to see media following Chad and Lori around. And if you notice, Lori still has the same happy-go-lucky attitude and Chad is just like her little puppy dog, like she's dragging him along. He's stoic and doesn't really say anything. Actually, he doesn't say anything to the cameras at all. Lori does all the talking, but she doesn't say much. So do you think that Lori followed the orders of the Kauai Police Department? Absolutely not. Because towards the end of the month, the Woodcocks come out and release a press statement that they are very disappointed that Lori missed a deadline and did not produce the children. On February 3rd, Lori had been renting a storage unit near her townhome after she moved out of Arizona. And they go and ransack that and they find pictures of Tylee and JJ, sports equipment, backpacks, all kind of stuff belonging to Tylee and JJ, things that they would probably have if they were still alive and well. And this is when the media starts to release footage from various trips that Lori and Chad were taking to the storage facility. And oftentimes you would see her brother on some of these recordings. On February 20th, police in Kauai finally arrest Lori, and she is charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children. She is also charged with arrests and seizures, resisting or obstructing officers, criminal solicitation to commit a crime, and contempt of court, willful disobedience of court process or order. She has a bail set at $5 million, and Chad has not been arrested in regards to this. On February 26th, Lori waives her extradition, and back to Idaho she goes. However, her attorneys try to reduce her bail, and that is denied. On March 5th, she arrives back inland, and still does not reveal what happens to her children. On March 6th, there's another hearing to try to reduce her bail. However, it is reduced to $1 million, but she remains in jail because she is unable to post this bond. On March 24th, Lori's attorney, Mark Means, files another motion to reduce Lori's bail from 1 million. And it doesn't happen. On April 9th, they released that Chad and Lori are under investigation for conspiracy, attempted murder, and or murder by the Idaho, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, Attorney General's office. So that's interesting. But whose murder are they under investigation for? Because remember, we still have no idea where Tylee and JJ are. So perhaps her fourth husband, Charles, Chad's wife, Tammy, her brother, Alex, 
Hmm, don't know. On May 1st, 2020, now we're, you know, a couple of months into the pandemic, because this is where people start to not appear in court in person. Everything's starting to be done over video screen and masks are being worn. They try to reduce her bail again. Doesn't happen. It still remains at $1 million. May 8th, they released the autopsy results of Alex Cox and said he died of natural causes from clots in his lungs. Are you guys buying that? I'm not. But anyway, I digress. Now, let's go back to her friend, Melanie. Melanie starts to get a little chitty chatty around this time because she starts to do interviews. And if you watch Dateline like me, she starts to also talk to major media outlets with that type of platform. She starts with little local newspapers and stuff. And, you know, she seems to have a lot to say, but I'm going to save that for part three of this because, again, she becomes very important, at least to me, at Chad Daybell's hearing. Okay, so now we're approaching the summer months, around seven o'clock in the morning on June 9th, Chad Daybell gets a knock at his front door and surprise, surprise, the Rexburg Police Department are there, FBI and the Fremont County Sheriff's Office to serve a search warrant of his home. However, they're not interested in anything inside of his house. They go right to the backyard and set up tents had the dogs out there, backhoes, all kind of stuff. So what do you guys think that they're looking for? Obviously, they're there to dig up something, and they mean business. Now, Lori was making phone calls frequently to her husband, and she does call him around the time that they arrive to search his home and he reveals to them that they're, they're there and they're in the backyard. And that's that. Well, this is where the story takes a very grim turn. And I'm going to warn you now. A lot of it is very graphic, but we do know that they do locate Tylee and JJ in Chad's backyard on June 9th, 2020. When they come across the first body, Chad Daybell jumps in his car and takes off. But he's quickly apprehended and taken into custody. The first body I believe they found was JJ's. He was wrapped. His body was intact. He was wrapped up very tightly. Lots of stuff was covering his body, like wood and rocks. Obviously the person that put him there didn't want him to be found. When they came across the other body, it appeared to be burned and dismembered. 
And that obviously was Tylee's body. And again, they did not want anybody to come across her body either. So this is a very, very sad ending to the search for Tylee Ryan and JJ Vallow, something I'm pretty sure JJ's biological grandparents knew was coming and also Tylee's extended family, her brother, pretty sure a lot of them knew that they were no longer alive. However, the condition in what they were found, in particular Tylee, was very dramatic and disturbing and egregious. And they're discovered in Lori's new husband's backyard. Chad makes his first court appearance on June 10th via video and his bail is set at $1 million. Now, before I conclude this podcast and move on to part three, where we'll get into Chad Daybell's preliminary hearing, a lot of people were questioning, how did they know where to look? And two people led them there right from the grave. And that was Tammy Daybell and Alex Cox. And we will discuss that in part three in more detail because it gets more sinister as things go along. So I'm gonna conclude this with my usual question. Is Lori Daybell a toxic mom? Send me an email, thetoxicmompodcast at gmail.com and we'll chat soon.